coming at you live from America's podcast studio, Eric the Turf Teacher Jones. The landscape contractor and green industry platform for success. This is the Podscape brought to you by LMN Software. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Podscape. This episode, we're going to talk about business entities. Do you want to be a CEO or do you want to be a sole proprietor? That is the topic of this show. Before we get started today, I want to give a big shout out to LMN Software because none of this would be possible without them. I've personally been using their software in my own company, and so far it's been a complete game changer for my business. LMN is the most comprehensive landscape business management software in the industry. From budgeting, estimating, CRM, time tracking, and so much more, it's a simple do-it tool for your landscape business and provides a platform to scale your company to the next level. And the best part about LMN is they have a free version, which you can begin using today if you choose to. Just visit golmn.com forward slash free to learn more and start taking advantage of the software that's helped me grow my business into a successful, sustainable, and profitable company. That's golmn.com dot com forward slash free g-o-l-m-n dot com forward slash free eric the turf teacher jones teaching you life lessons business strategies and leadership let's grow together and so, guys, like I said, do you want to be a chief executive officer, CEO, or do you want to be a sole proprietor? This lecture, this landscape lecture, and a little bit of life lessening going on here is going to help you decide that. I am by no means an attorney or a CPA. I would highly recommend seeking legal counsel and financial uh, assistance or advice when it comes to choosing which entity that you want to run your green industry business. I personally run both Turf Teacher Inc., Elite Landscape Contractors Inc., and our construction company, Tier 1 Structures and Sites Inc., as C corporations. And I'll tell you a little bit about that when we start talking about the C corporations. But this lecture, we're going to talk about sole proprietorships, partnerships, C corps, S corps, and LLCs. It will wrap it all up talking about uh, doing a joint venture. So let's go ahead and get started with the sole proprietorship. Guys, this is the easiest form of business to set up. All you got to do is go down to your local register of deeds or whatever and do a doing business as and you are in business. One day, one day you are set up in a sole proprietorship. You're the sole owner of the company, the sole owner, and it is the simplest form of business to set up. However, it does expose you to unlimited amounts of liability. That's why I don't like it. Yes, you can get insurance and everything else like that. You're bonded. But when you run as a sole proprietor, you're taking a big, big risk. And that is what I'm going to tell you about. But there are some key benefits to it. There are. There are some key benefits to it. And those are, as the sole proprietor, You own everything in the company. You own everything. However, you need to keep those personal expenses and those business expenses separate. The IRS wants to see everything kept separate. You do not need to write your mortgage payment out of 
your name DBA your name landscaping for the month of February. You don't. You need you need to uh, pay yourself first and then pay your mortgage. That's where people actually get in trouble. They start combining their business and their personal financial records and monies together. You do have that exposure, guys. Unlimited liability. Anything that's done in the name of the business, you are personally liable for it. Personally. That means they can come after your house. You could be in a wreck, and if you had the magnets on the side of your truck that says your landscaping name, they can come after you for everything because you're not a corporation. You're not a separate entity. DBA, sole proprietorship, it's one in the same, even though financial records are kept separate. Your net income from your business is recorded as ordinary income. It's going to go through your personal tax return, through your social security number. You've got to, to do it. It's going to do it. Yes, you can apply and get your own separate you know, EIN or employer identification number, but the easiest thing to do is just do it through your Social Security number. I mean, it really is. I've even had subcontractors work for us, and their Social Security number is on their invoice so they could get the 1099. I said, man, that is absolutely crazy. I don't want nobody knowing my Social Security number. None of it. Nobody. Some other advantages of sole proprietorships, you know, again, minimal legal restrictions, simple to form. It doesn't cost that much money to get it going. You own all of the profits of the company, and you can make all of the decisions. Disadvantages of this sole proprietorship, the unlimited personal liability. There's not that much money out there to grab unless you've got a perfect credit score. It is easier to get financing in the business name if you are a, you know, corporation or LLC, uh, and the saddest thing that can happen is if you were to die or pass away, the business goes away with it as well. But that unlimited liability, guys, is the scariest thing ever. And let me give you a short story. This is a life lesson. This happened to someone local in the community. Um, the town next next to us, you know, about 30 minutes away. An individual worked in a factory, you know, hardworking guy, awesome fella. He cut a few yards on the side to help the family out. You know, both him and his wife worked, you know, but, you know, of course, you know, people look to the green industry to better themselves. They do. And it, that's, that's, that's an honorable thing to do is to go and make some extra money for your family. Well, he was cutting a yard on a Saturday afternoon on a corner lot, and there at the stoplight was the property. So he's mowing in town in this little downtown community. His mower picked up a rock, and it slung through the passenger side window. It was big enough. I mean, it picked it up, and it slung it hard. And he was close enough to the car that the the object didn't really have enough time to really slow down. I mean, it went full force, hit the window, and it hit a young lady in the side of the head. Now, this was a very, very sad situation for this young lady. She became pretty much dependent on someone for the rest of her life. And you don't want anybody to have to go through that. And you don't want anybody to go through what this young man went through when it comes to taking care of her. They took everything that he owned. They took the equipment, the truck, his personal assets in the bank, his retirement, his home. He lost his wife. He lost his kids. The man lost everything 
simply because he did not have any insurance. And we'll talk more about that in future episodes about business insurance. But the fact was, he was a sole proprietor without workers' comp, without general liability, without anything, so they came after him hard. I feel sorry for the young lady that's dependent on someone for the rest of her life, but I also feel sorry for him. But you know what? He did not know that he needed all of this protection. Guys, you have to protect yourself. You have to protect your family. You have to protect your personal assets. Now, let's talk a little bit about partnerships. Very few landscape contractors or green industry companies form partnerships. This is more going to be like an attorney or this is going to be an accountant's firm. Even doctors would form like a partnership. I have seen some landscape architects, though, form partnerships, and that's okay. Partners is when you want to have a group of people with the same set of skills or actually different skills that come together and form this organization. So like an engineer and an architect, A landscape architect could form a partnership with a civil engineer, and they have this partnership that does both of those skill sets for their clients. But it is the relationship between two or more people to conduct a business. You're either going to contribute money to the partnership, your property, or a certain trade or skill that you do have. And each partner that makes partner shares in the profits and losses of the business. There are two types of partnerships. You have general and you have limited. And I'm going to give you the short version of this. A general partnership is pretty much everybody that's working in the business. So let's say it was the landscape architect and the civil engineer. They're going to be general partners. Well, one of their parents may have wanted to invest money in the company. They would be a limited partner because they're not working in it every single day. They're not. Now, come up with a better example than that let's say little bobby doesn't want to go to college he's a high school senior getting ready to graduate this year mom dad i just i can't go to college it's not me son we know that by your grades but me and your mother we have saved enough money to pay for you either to go to school or do something what is it that you want to do son or you want to go into military no dad i don't but you know i I really like gardening i really want to start kind of my own landscape mowing business And uh, I'd like to do that. Well, son, let's form a partnership. The money that you were going to use for college, how about me and your mother invest that in your landscape business? That way you can take the money and buy a lawnmower, a truck, and get set up in the business. Little Bobby is a general partner because he's the one doing the work. Mom and dad are only limited partners because they can only lose the money that they have invested in the company. They're not the ones doing the work. So they do have some form of protection. They can only lose the amount of money that they have put into the partnership. So let's say little Bobby was the one to pick up that rock and hit the little girl in the side of the head. Mom and dad would only lose the amount of money that they had put in the partnership. Bobby would have lost everything. But if he'd have had insurance, he would have been covered. And that's a topic for a different, different day. But those limited partners can only lose what they invest in. General partnerships, they're, they're usually formed with an oral agreement, but you need to get it in writing. Handshakes are a thing of the old days. Uh, the, the general partners, they own all the assets of the company, and the limited partners only own like what it is that they've put into it, and they're only responsible for what they put into it. 
And the partnership only exists as long as all of the partners still want to remain in the partnership. So let's say three landscapers wanted to form a partnership. A year later, one of them's upset and doesn't want to be a part of it. If he pulls away the other two remaining partners, it's dissolved. They would have to form a new partnership. Just like if one of them dies, that partnership dies and they have to form a new one. That's just the way it is, guys. It's the way it is. Some financial management when it comes to partnerships, you need to keep separate bank accounts and financial records. And that way, you have some independent accountant that knows your profits and losses. You want to do that. You don't want to have one of your partners doing the books. That, that can get you into a little bit of trouble. But liability, all owners in the general partnerships uh, have personal and unlimited liability for all actions and debts undertaken in the name of the business. That's the general partners. Each partner is responsible for the acts of their partners, the other partners, when they're working in the name of the business. The limited partners don't have that personal liability. They're only liable for the previously agreed upon contribution or investment that they have made into the partnership. So you must, must trust the people that you're going to form a partnership with. I remember a TV show back in the days. I'm old enough to remember this stuff. This was like a show when I was like early college, undergraduate and stuff. Allie McBeal. And her major thing was to make partnership at the law firm that she was working in. And she had to really prove herself to the other partners that she is worthy of staying in the partnership and making partner. So advantages of the general partnership, like I said, ease of formation. Uh, you get the direct profit awards. Uh, you do have a larger management pool of people that have the same skill set that you do. So if you want to take vacation and stuff, it's very easy to do. Disadvantages is the unlimited personal liability of all the other partners. You have multiple people trying to make decisions out there, and you do have a limited life of the business because if one person dies or decides to leave the partnership, that partnership is dissolved and a new one has to be formed. Changes in this partnership, it's just not going to happen. You have to start a new one. So that is kind of some bad things uh, for it. So, uh, guys, we're going to take a short break. I want you to learn a little bit about what it is that we do here at Turf Teacher Incorporated. And when we come back from the break, we are going to talk about C corporations, S corporations, and LLCs. Eric the Turf Teacher Jones. Teaching you life lessons, business strategies, and leadership. Let's grow together. If you're needing irrigation, landscape, or pesticide credits, check out my website at turfteacher.com. Every Tuesday evening at 7 p.m., we host Turf Talk Tuesday for pesticide credits and have online courses for both irrigation and landscape contractors. There are also several opportunities to get your credits at one of our seminars that we do throughout the southeastern United States and information on our Christmas lighting course. Check it out again at turfteacher.com. All right, so let's start talking about C-corporations, a corporation. Guys, anytime you form a corporation, you are automatically a C-corporation. You're going to have to file subchapter S with the Internal Revenue Code to become that 
S corporation, but a corporation is your corporate identity. It is your business. It's separate from you. It's like giving birth to a child. It's a new identity. It's a new form of a living thing. You, when you do this, you decide to do business under this corporate identity. You are going to have to comply with the laws and regulations of your state. No big deal. You have to do that with your licensings and stuff. But you're going to treat it as its own separate entity, its own person. A business assumes a corporate identity when it files with the Secretary of State in the state that you reside in. Some key characteristics of this, it gives your business the legal existence. It can own assets and it can conduct business in its own name. It can sign contracts. It can buy property. It can buy trucks, equipment, and everything, and the business own it, not you personally. The business can own it. And it lasts as long as the stockholders allow it to be in existence, in which you are going to be the actual shareholders, unless you do sell stock. But most of the time, it's going to be you and your your loved ones, your your family members, your mom and dad, your spouse, and your kids or whatever. You're going to issue them stock so they can feel like they're a part of it. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's actually cool. And it continues to exist even if one of the shareholders dies. It's still going to exist. You could fall over dead tomorrow after you started a corporation. That corporation is still going to be living and breathing. You may not be, but the corporation or the business still does. You are going to have separate financial records for it, separate banking accounts, separate everything. And remember this, the corporation, not the shareholders, owns the money that the shareholders pay to buy the corporation's stock. They own all the assets and the money earned by the corporation. If you form a corporation, which I do, I mean, I have Turf Teacher, Inc., I have Elite Landscape Contractors, Inc., and we have Tier 1 Structures and Sites, Inc., our three companies that we run here from this office. The companies own the money that we make. We have to pay ourselves a salary from the corporations. You do, and that's one way to get rid of some of that double taxation that people are so afraid of when it comes to running a C corporation, and that's why they file for subchapter S. Liability, the owners of the corporation, they're not personally liable for the losses of the business. I mean, seriously, you could go bankrupt. The company could go bankrupt, and unless you've personally you know, signed for some of the equipment purchases and stuff, you're safe. You're fine. The corporation is only responsible for the business debts. Taxes. The corporation must file income tax returns and pay taxes on the profits. And then the dividends that's paid to the people that own the company, the shareholders, they're going to have to pay tax on it as well. So the corporation pays profits, and then they distribute the profits to the shareholders, and that's where that double taxation comes. But, however, you can pay yourself a payroll salary. You have to take some of the money out of the business as the year progresses. You can't wait till the end of the year because then it looks like all profit. That's why, guys, you need to seek legal advice of an accountant or a tax attorney and figure this out what's best for you. I'm 100% okay being a C corporation. Trust me, we don't pay double taxation. I pay myself a salary. 
you can pay yourself a decent salary. And a decent salary can be $50,000 a year. It can be $100,000 a year. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not going to pay it to myself as, as a dividend on the profits, and then I am paying double taxation. Or if I wanted to pay the tax from the corporation, let's say we had a $100,000 profit in one of the corporations that we own. We can pay the tax on that $100,000 and keep that money in a savings account or whatever that's owned by the business, and that money's the corporation's forever. It can go buy a place at the beach. It can go buy mama a new car. It can do whatever you want to do with it. Just don't write it to yourself as profit. Then you're going to pay the double taxations. You are going to have to have a board of directors and corporate officers, and that's that's cool. It gives yourself that so-called title, CEO, president. The stockholders, again, are the owners of the company. You have to have periodic board meetings. And that way, uh, when you are audited by the IRS, because it will happen one day, yes, it can and will happen, but you've got to keep these board minutes. People on your board of directors, guys, that can be your accountant, that can be your attorney, that can be your mom, that can be your dad, it can be your financial planner, it can be your high school uh, gym coach. I don't care. It can be anybody, but you have to meet at least once a year. You can go down to Biscuitville, buy a biscuit, sit around the the breakfast table, and talk about what you want to do for the following year. You just had a board of directors meetings, and as long as you record it in that notebook that you keep with all these other documents, you are 100% in compliance with running a corporation. This board, though, is going to give you the advice that you need. They're going to look at you and say, yes, we can borrow money for this. You can, you know, they can help you, uh, you know, enter into some contracts. They can allocate corporate resources beyond the routine business transactions. But they're primarily there to help you figure this stuff out. Use them. Don't take advantage of them. But, I mean, you know, hey, guys, can we meet down at Biscuitville? You know, the first Monday morning in February. You can do that. Advantages of this C-Corp, again, it's a separate uh, separate legal entity. There is limited liability for the stockholders or owners of the company. There is unlimited life of the business. It remains active and alive even after you die. The availability of capital resources, you can borrow a little bit more money, and then you can transfer ownership through the sale of stock. You could, you know, hey, Son, daughter, you want to be a part of this business? Well, we can we can sure sell you some stock, and me and mom can get out of the business and retire. Uh, they say it's complex and expensive to 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 file and create. Not that bad. I mean, you can do it for you know easily from um, you know six seven hundred dollars, and you're you're up and running. And that's doing it with one of these websites online, or you could actually travel to your state capital and form it there uh, in the Secretary of State's office. But I know with all the COVID restrictions and stuff, a lot of that stuff's been shut down. There is limitations on corporate activities and decisions by the corporate charter, meaning you know you may have to get approval if you're large enough. But I mean, still, we're we're business owners. We're small business owners. We're not going to have that that big board of directors we're going to have to answer to. Mainly, we're using our board of directors for is advice and kind of some financial planning, business planning that we talked about on the last episode. These are the individuals that can help you with that. Um, you know, they're saying there's a lot of regulation and record-keeping requirements. Not that bad. It's really not. 
you got some forms and stuff you got to fill out. But again, your accountant's going to help you do that. Or if you're using a payroll service, they're going to help you with doing that as well. But this thing with double taxation, once on the corporate profits and then another on the dividends. But guys, you can avoid that. There's nothing more exciting than your accountant coming to you and say, hey, you got to spend some money. Go buy that piece of equipment that you've been wanting. Go buy that new truck that you've wanted, that you've put off for the past couple of years. That's how you can get rid of that double taxation. Or if you're paying yourself a payroll, a salary, you're paying taxes as you do your payroll. I mean, you're you're an employee of this company, so you can write yourself a check, and it's not looked at as dividends. I mean, really, it's not. You can pay yourself a salary out of the company, and you just pay the regular income tax on it that way. But a lot of people uh, will go ahead and do the S-corporation. This will actually help them avoid the double federal taxation. Um, They will need to file, like I said, subchapter S of the Internal Revenue Code. Uh, You do that immediately after forming your corporation because anytime you form a corporation, you are a C-corp. And then you have to file for the subchapter S. And that can be done the same day. That can be done within five minutes of each other and get that set up. The S Corporation allows you to pass the items of income, loss, deduction, and credits through the shareholder's personal tax returns. It's going to go through your your Social Security number. The only thing I don't like about that, you have to do your business taxes first and then do your personal returns. I can go ahead and do my my individual income tax returns today and still do my C-corporations by April 15th because I've already got my W-2 from the companies. I already have. So I can go ahead and file my personal returns, and then I can form or file my C-corporations. When you're an S-corporation, you got to do it first because, remember, you got to get that information, whether or not you've made a profit or you've made a loss, and then let it pass through your personal tax returns. That's why they're due March 15th, and then your personal returns are due by April 15th. See, there's some benefits to being that C-corporation. So requirements for the S corporation, uh, it is a domestic corporation with one class of stock. Mean, domestic meaning, you know, you have to live here in the United States. No more than 75 shareholders. Your, your family's going to be your shareholders, so you don't have to worry about that. They all must consent to S corporation status. Y'all have probably already talked about that before you've done it. The use of the permitted tax year and then filing of the IRS form 2553 to become that. And so let's move in to the LLCs right now. These, uh, they share characteristics of both sole proprietorships and corporate identities. You must have one member. This is going to be, you know, um, made up of members and managers. Members are the owner or or like the owners, managers kind of run the day-to-day business. And you can be both. There's nothing wrong with that. But these LLCs, they do offer protection from uh, liability of actions taken by your company by other members of of the company. You do have some protection there. But it does not protect you for personal actions. So whatever you do, it's not going to protect you. 
But like if you had an individual in a car wreck or something like that, it can protect you. Federal income taxes are paid only on income distributed to members as ordinary income, meaning it's going to go through your personal tax return, can be expensive to organize, and it does require a little bit of more administrative work. And my accountant has verified that with me, and that's one of the reasons we did not do it. There is limited disclosure of the owners, limited documentations, no advance filings with the IRS, no uh, disclosure of your finances, uh, limited liability for managers and members, and ability to delegate management to um, a non-member. So you can actually um, you know, hire people to actually work and, and, and run the show for you. Nothing wrong with that. Tax uh, implications for the LLC, depending on the number of business owners, the LLC can be taxed differently. If there's only one owner, it's taxed as a sole proprietorship. If you have more than one owner, you can either elect to be taxed as a partnership or as a corporate identity. That is the coolest thing about this thing right here is you can choose it. So if it's just you, yourself, and I, you're going to be taxed as a sole proprietorship. It means you've got to get your taxes done first, and then you can file your personal returns. Or if you have more people in the LLC, more owners, you can choose to be taxed as a partner, partnership, or as a corporate entity. The limited liability companies are required to file the annual report. It's due April 15th of the year following the creation of the year and the year every after. And so the last thing that we want to talk about is joint ventures. Now, kind of be short and sweet with this joint ventures is when two companies come together to work on a project let's say you've got a big landscape management project that you want to work on uh, and you don't have the necessary resources but you and your friend that you went to college with it's got his own landscape business too when y'all combined all your assets and resources together you have enough things to tackle this big project y'all can form a joint venture just for that job you got to be careful, though. You got to be careful. Some states are going to require that that joint venture have its own license and that it has its own license. So you got to have insurance and license. If you're a landscape contractor in North Carolina and you form a joint venture, the joint venture has to have the landscape contractor's license. If you're a general contractor and both people forming the actual joint venture are licensed general contractors, then the joint venture does not need to have the joint, need to have the GC license. You got to be a little careful when it comes to that right there. You need to check with licensing boards before you do file uh, for this joint venture. The management is often signed to one individual or company. So if there's, you know, multiple companies coming in there, there's usually going to be somebody that is the boss. And it brings people together and companies together that have very similar uh, strengths and resources to complete this project. You do need to consult with an attorney when forming this type of venture to ensure all aspects of risk are covered. And again, check with the state licensing boards to see what it is that you need to do um, to get that joint venture license. Guys, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking to you about business entities and about whether or not you want to be a CEO or if you want to be a sole proprietorship. Uh, just go to my YouTube page. I have a couple more lectures on there about business entities, business structures. Uh, so you can just search within my YouTube page, uh, which is Turf Teacher, and learn more about this. But always consult with your attorney 
and your CPA when forming a business like this. Guys, thank you so much, and I will see you in the next lecture. For more landscape business expert advice, check out golmn.com forward slash blog. And once again, a massive shout out to LMN Software for sponsoring this podcast and making it all happen. LMN is the most comprehensive landscape business management software in the industry. From budgeting, estimating, customer relationship management, time tracking, and so much more, it's the true do-it-all tool for your landscape business and provides a platform to scale your company to the next level. And the best part about LMN is that they have a free version, which you can use today if you choose to. Just visit golmn.com forward slash free to learn more and start taking advantage of the software that's helped me grow my business into a successful, sustainable, and profitable company. That's golmn.com forward slash free. And thanks again, everyone. And I'll see you in the next lecture. And that wraps up this episode of the Podscape. Thank you so much for joining us here, guys. I love each and every one of you. Life lessons and landscape lectures brought to you by the Turf Teacher and LMN Software. We'll see you in the next episode. Turf Teacher out. <laughs>